Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Today is a special show because we are live in the same room the way you know people used to meet here at the biohacking conference the day before it's going to start. And I'm here with Dr. Patrick Porter, PhD, and he's the founder of BrainTap. BrainTap is a technology I'm really interested in in the world of biohacking because they're able to change the brain using several different, uh, we'll call them modalities or input methods for our biology, uh, stuff that I've been talking about for a long time in the world of biohacking. And so here, instead of just doing one thing, it's going to sound totally crazy, what if you did more than one thing <laughs> that works all at the same time? This is what I've been teaching you guys to do as biohackers for a long time. What if it's the vitamin C or the zinc? You're like, how about you do them both right now? <laughs> and then after you get the results you wanted, you know, you got over your cold faster, then you can see if just one or the other works. But the idea is get the results. And there's a ton of real science here about why you would use these types of modalities, how you package them up and how you put your brain in states that you wouldn't otherwise think about. Uh, Dr. Porter, has, he's an author. He's, he wrote Awaken the Genius, Mind Technology for the 21st Century as well as three or four other books. And he's run one of the biggest self-help franchises and self-improvement centers called Positive Changes for 20 years. So this is a guy who is a master of helping people improve themselves who's using tech. And if that wasn't enough, you became the dean of brain-based medicine at Quantum University in your spare time. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hey, it's great to be here. It's great to be live again. Well, it's, it's fantastic because when we get to sit down, something happens in communication that's harder to do but not impossible over remote sessions. What is that? Well, I, there's energy here. In fact, when I interviewed you on, my, on one of my summits, you, you actually informed me about biophotons. Right? Uh, right, right. So uh, now I've done a lot of research with that. You, you took me down a rabbit hole that Uh-oh. is like, <laughs> it's awesome, but we're sharing energy. We're sharing more than our conversation, and that energy hopefully will be picked up by the podcast, and others will feel it as well. Because there's a synergy, you know, that ha- that happens that's actually palatable. People can yeah. feel it when they're live. There's a magnetic thing. There's probably some kind of electrical thing. There's certainly a microbiome in the cloud <laughs> around us thing. Gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they actually prove that now. Yeah. You're, you you share the microbiome with your five favorite friends. So when uh, <laughs> when they were saying you're the sum total of your five favorite friends, it's also your guts. They you know, miss your, it for <laughs> so sure. That's pretty they, scary. They can even identify who who was in a room up to two hours after you leave the room just based on sampling the air, which wow. is totally crazy. So there's some kind of interaction that, that's unstudied. I'm going to say yes. there. But then we have biophotons, which may or may not transmit between people because different parts of your cells make single photons at different times that do something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we do know that we emit infrared all the time. There you go. In fact, like yeah. TB12, our, our science officer created clothing that Tom Brady actually wears every day because our bodies emit infrared. So yes. we're healers just by being in the presence of other people. So, so there's something good happening. I know interviews in person are always always better. It's, I built a studio, of course. <laughs> now I'm in a country that's locked down forever, apparently, and we'll see, but the border should open soon. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's an honor to get to, to be in person yeah. at the conference, and I want to thank you guys for being our top sponsor at the conference, which shows your commitment to the biohacking community in mm-hmm. general, because there's a lot of biohackers globally. I mean, Latin America... 
uh, you go to Asia, go to Europe, there's whole communities of people based on this work, and they're always looking for, okay, what, you know, what works, what's valid, and, and who's with us, right? Mm-hmm. You know, is, is Big Pharma caring about biohackers? <laughs> no, they're trying to shut them down because they might think it's competition. It's not. It's disruption. That's different right. than competition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're pulling the rug out from under you. We're not actually competing with you. Correct. So this is, is applicable, uh, this being the brain tap, but I would love it if you talk about the tech from a high level so everyone listening knows what is this thing, because the name is a little bit creepy. Like <laughs> Right. When we talk about brain tap, and you think about tapping into your brain's full potential. That's the brain tap, not yes. a vampire tap. Right. Like, okay, <laughs> right. good. That's I, right. I some, just wanted to clear right. it up. So we all, everyone would agree, you know, you go to a conference and you say, how many people think they're using 100% of their brain? Nobody raises their hand. And then finally gets down to about 5%. The reality is that we use 100% of our usable brain, but we don't use its potential. You don't use it That's, very well, but right? you're using it all, <laughs> yes. right? And yeah. Thank you for so, saying that, that dumb, we only use 10% of our brain. I was so pissed in fifth grade when I heard that. I'm like, I'm going to use 12%. Okay. That, that right. was a limiting belief. Yeah. Okay. Right. So the, the key is that what happens, though, is people get habituated to their yeah. behaviors and their lifestyle. So right now, obviously, what's happened in the last year and a half, but even before that, People had already habituated to being stressed out. They had become addicted to being stressed, and that starts with their brain function. And that locks them into a brain frequency, really, that causes fear, frustration, and anxiety. And we all know if you want to cause problems in your body, just start those three are the big three that that cause it. Let me ask you this. You say it starts in the brain, and Mm -hmm. I tend to agree with you. However, there's also a hormonal thing. So mm-hmm. you get a cortisol response, which starts in the body, that then changes the brain. But if the brain is stressed, it makes cortisol that, or it doesn't make cortisol, but then the brain triggers the release of cortisol, and you end up with this sort of chicken and egg thing. Yeah. So so me, we, is yeah. this physical or is this yeah. emotional? Let me kind of clarify. There's three brains, and when I'm talking about brain, I'm talking about all of them at the one time. Okay. Our real brain is the one in our heart, 40,000 neutrino cells. That controls the show. That's why more people die on Monday morning than any other day of the week. If their heart's not in it, the brain's not in it either. The body shuts down. I thought that was just because Mondays suck. <laughs> yeah, that's because they they're not living their dream. They're not living their focus. They're, um, but, Interesting. Okay. But also, this gut, the gut brain, mm-hmm. actually is independent. Okay, it yep. can work. Like if, you get, if you're a paraplegic, you wonder, how does the body work without this spinal cord that when everything's working? So our, this brain can have stress too, right? That's okay. where our immune system lives right? The psychoimmunology, when these two can communicate correctly, which means these three are communicating correctly, now we get that synergizing effect. The brain up here is almost like a, I want, for lack of a better word, it's like a drone or like a Google tablet. It really doesn't do anything. It just goes, gets the information somewhere. Yeah. And the gut does most of the work, yeah. you know? So that's, when, that's why when we talk about the different waves of wellness, that's the first one. You can't outthink a bad diet. You know, for there are a lot sure. of people out there that think they can. They go, oh, I meditate, I, I visualize, I'm, they, and, but they never do anything. You know, you, you've got to, there, there's a saying, you know, faith without works is dead. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just think it. You've got to be it. It, it, makes, it makes a lot of sense uh, um, in that there is distributed intelligence in the body. Mm-hmm. You know, if you, you know, touch something hot or see a snake, your body will move before your brain <laughs> registers the mm-hmm the actual change. And it, it, it's really fascinating to, to look at that. So, okay, there's some dumb thing in your fingertips that keeps them from getting cut or something, right? But it's a dumb little intelligence. And then there's a big one in the gut, right? So now we're looking at brain tap where, you know, and I'm going to grab these things. They've got, 
um, lights that actually go over your ears. There's a light thing that stimulates with light in your eyes. And then you're using really carefully engineered sounds and vibrations. So it's got mm -hmm. vibration sound, mm -hmm. um, light, and actually light through the normal light receptors, plus light through acupuncture points on the ears. Mm -hmm. How's it going to affect the gut, though? Or is there some crosstalk? What, what's the connection? Well, what happens is when, when this brain is going through the different brainwave frequencies, for instance, if we cross over alpha, mm -hmm. our brain up here is going to tell our gut to start making acetylcholine. In a other, that's what we're doing with Brazil right now with the, the neurotransmitter study that the government's paying for mm -hmm. is we're, we're looking at what are all the 54 different neurotransmitters and how are they upregulated or downregulated with stress hormones. So this brain, remember, it's not doing anything itself. It's just telling the rest of the body what to do. So what happens is when you're in sync, that's where the coherence comes in, like with all the work they've done to heart math that shows, hey, when this brain is communicating with this brain, now you get the, the gut brain working for you. It's, it's more sophisticated than just saying one word, but if you're stressed out, for instance, just to give you an idea, if you're stressed watching the news, eating your meal, mm -hmm. you could be eating the world's best meal, but it's not gonna digest because you're upset and angry, and, you're, yeah. and so that's why you gotta calm down, get into that, that calm space before you start to digest and metabolize food. All right, I'm gonna have to ask you a real specific question about mm -hmm. that. I was at dinner uh, the other night with some friends, and one of them brought uh, their kid who was maybe seven or eight, and he was watching videos on a phone and just <laughs> kind of eating, I think, lamb chops. And I'm like, all right, kid's eating meat, hooray, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a win. And another friend who's into mindfulness is like, I'm not sure his body knows that he's eating right now. <laughs> right. right. So what is the ideal brain state to be in when you're eating? Well, that, whether you pray or not, you should center and focus yourself. Because once the body knows, when you're present and you're eating, that's the state you want to be in. And that's usually more of an alpha state okay. than it would be a beta state. I mean, you shouldn't be reacting to information or being critical. Uh, you know, you being really relaxed and doing that. And by the way, we've done, Dr. Rosenthal, who we did several studies with in Dallas, showed when, peop, when kids play computer games, if you saw what their brain looked like afterwards, you would not let them play computer games. What do their brains look like? Oh, it looks like an alcoholic's brain. It, what does that it's, mean? It means they're high delta. <coughs> Their brain goes into inflammation. When, wow. you're, when you're thinking about looking at that tablet or that, that pad, whatever it is, there's hundreds of thousands of pixels. Our brain isn't discerning. It measures every pixel. It's, not, it's monitoring just like when, uh, uh, what's his name, Dustin Hoffman in the movie where they dropped the toothpicks on the ground. And he says 1,200 toothpicks. And he goes, how'd you know that? He said, I counted them. Our brain is doing that same thing all the time. In fact, while we're speaking here, our brain is processing 25,000 pieces of information, but we're staying focused on the conversation instead of you know, what's going on over there or down the hall or you know, what's happening. So it's processing and discarding because yes. it wasn't relevant. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get your opinion, because I mean, you're a, a, you're a heavy-duty brain guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read a book a while ago uh, that described how one of the functions of the brain is to predict the future a microsecond in advance and then only <clears throat> notice what doesn't match. Mm -hmm. Do you ascribe to that? Yeah, they say we only we render 80% of our reality. That's where that uh, comes from. So we, we're rendering actually the sides. That's yeah. why we have what they call a Stick-Tolman psychology, which means the, it's based after a Bible quote where when Jesus said, you can't see the sin in another with a stick in your eye. So psychology took it and said, that's where you go to find the salt shaker in the kitchen and your wife or husband says, hey, the salt's out there. And you said, no, it isn't. And then they finally come out and they say, here it is. You didn't render it. 
Interesting. <laughs> and just like that happens in business all the time for entrepreneurs. Oh. They don't see opportunities because yeah. they become so fixated in myopic and what they're doing. They don't see all the other opportunities. So that's the so part of what we're doing is we're widening that scope because once you start to let the brain process, and, mm. and I think that, and Deepak Chopra said this like 20 years ago, he said, 97% of what's going to happen to you tomorrow, you know about today. So most people have to think, what am I pretending not to know? We've got this world, we got this globally world-class brain that can do incredible things for us, but they don't listen to it. <laughs> you know, they, they don't. Yeah. You reminded me of Jack Canfield. Uh, we, we did an interview about parenting, and his kids say, I don't know. And he goes, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And his kids answer. Exactly. one of the best lines ever. I've used it on my kids, and it just makes them mad, but it's right. still worth using on my kids. Right. What if you pretended you did know? What if, what if you couldn't fail? You know, that's where those questions came yeah. from. People have figured out, hey, the brain works best in an opportunity state. When it's in a fear state mm -hmm. or, or a very limited state, the brain, the brain, there could be a great opportunity there. And I could tell you hundreds of stories about that. But when people, they mostly, when you go to a friend and you, maybe mm -hmm. you're having a problem, you talk to a friend, you go, wow, that's, why didn't I think of that? You know, it was something really simple maybe. And you go, that's because you were so myopic and your brain was so fixated on your own solution, you didn't see the other solutions that were there. So we, we call it the quantum gap, okay. if you think of quantum physics, because we live in a particle reality, but there's also this wave reality, right, mm -hmm. that, that works in consciousness. So the, the, with consciousness being the underlying reality, there's infinite possibilities, but if you come in with a limited possibility, like an addiction, that's mm -hmm. a limited possibility, like let's say smoking or drinking, any problem happens, the brain automatically goes to that one solution because that's what they think is the best. But if you come with a, kind of what they call like the Zen mind, where they, that's, they call the beginner's mind, you don't know what to expect, so you're open to inf infinite possibilities. So that's kind of what we're looking for. I totally get it. There's a, you said something about we have a problem with rendering. Mm -hmm. So does, does that mean that the brain tap is giving you a better GPU? <laughs> <laughs> well, what it does, it's going to get the neurons to fire. Okay. So when you think about brain fitness, a lot of people think it's like brute force, doing games, doing puzzles. Those are all really good, but they stress out the brain. And we've mm -hmm. shown that. So then once you stress out the brain, that's good. But the piece most people are missing, I mean, almost 100% is recovery. Yep. So like when a kid studies, when, when my kids would study, after they were done, they immediately mm -hmm. did the product we had that wasn't brain tap, but because they're 40 years old now. But sure. when they were younger, they did the one we had. And now we took that short-term memory information that went across the hippocampus and we stored it now in long-term recall mm. because now they've replayed it in their mind. And the brain says, okay, these neurons are now Hebb's law, you know, those neurons that fire together, wire together. So we're, we're exercising it by sending energy across the brain. So, so that means with the brain tap, um, I could put it on, um, like post-studying, you're mm -hmm. saying. So, and how long, and I'm gonna do it right now. We, have, we actually have an accelerated that. learning series but okay. we also have, let's say they want to do alpha or SMR training would be really good. We have music-only tracks for that. So it, it, looks, it looks like this if you guys are watching on video. Yeah. Um, very kind of Tron. <laughs> but what, what's going on here is there's blinking lights that affect the brain very strongly through the eyes. And you've got four, one for each of the quadrants in the eyes, four lights. Mm -hmm. uh, and then this is, no one does this that I'm aware nope. of. This is new, but hitting the acupuncture points on the ears with light therapy, very, very legit. And I've been doing stuff like that with lasers for mm -hmm. 20 years. That's like, where we got the idea was our doctors were using well it for studied. laser for addiction. Mm -hmm. And then we had autistic children that weren't able to respond to verbal conversations. So we're actually broadcasting 
197 hertz frequency, which is a Noje frequency that tells the body, turn off sympathetic overload, wow. turn on parasympathetics. So we found <laughs> that that would work without, doesn't, it bypasses the conscious, so it's a hack, right? It, wow. it bypasses the conscious thinking and the body just relaxes. In these mothers, it was crazy when we did the experiments with them with uh, uh, Dr. Joquita Handy, the kids would lay down, put it on, and the parents said, they'll never listen to that. Boom, they're passed out for 10 minutes and they're not even moving. The parents go, I'm not leaving till I get that. What just happened? <laughs> and that's because they didn't have alpha. So all, we, we'd say, we call it a symphony of brainwaves. We need all the brainwaves. There's not one that's better than any other. It's, it's can, you, can you flow between them? Like the flow states, like, you know, the, when you, even the people they do, like the Buddhist monks, they're able to get into that deep, deep state of relaxation. They produce high gamma, but then they're able to get right up and do exercises or do some kind of martial yeah. arts or something. Well, gamma is very energizing. It's, it's a state that it's possible to entrain, which is mm -hmm. what you guys are doing. And it's also surprisingly possible to, to learn it with neurofeedback, but most of the industry thinks you can. So mm -hmm. we had to build uh, our own equipment at 40 years of Zen in order to be able to do feedback at those frequencies because it's hard to do. Mm -hmm. So the, the much more affordable <laughs> way of accessing a gamma state is, well... I guess to live in a cave for about 10 years, because that's relatively cheap, as long yep. as you have something to eat. They're showing a lot of promise there. Actually, <laughs> you go in, people are going into Thailand for a week in the dark. Oh yeah, I've, I've been thinking about doing the, that forever. And they, this high gamma happens, yeah. when it, when it, and there, they start seeing lights. There's a place in uh, New York State that does that as well. Uh, oh. Like These are ancient, mostly like 13th century Buddhist cave mm. meditation techniques. Yeah. In fact, Dan Brown uh, has been a professor from Harvard, not mm. the famous angels and demons guy, yeah. <laughs> um, has been on the show who, uh, in addition to being the father of attachment theory, uh, translates those texts. So I have some of the books he's translated oh, where he finds very old things from Sanskrit. And it, yeah, there's great stuff that can happen in darkness in a cave for a week. <laughs> but you and me and most people probably aren't going to do that very often. And so the brain tab, very affordable. And it's the idea is, okay, you can use the device to get your brain into a gamma state higher than you normally would. And once you mm -hmm. feel the state, it becomes more accessible. And as right. you do it more often, the brain's like, oh, I guess I should get used to being able to mm -hmm. go here. And suddenly it's within the, the reach and the range of what your brain can do. Sure. Am I That's saying right. that in the right yep. way? Yep. All right. Once it experiences it, the brain will have the opportunity to go back and visit it. If it's okay. never been there, then it doesn't know what it's, it's like if I told you about Hawaii and you've mm -hmm. never been there, it'd be nice for me to tell you the story. But if I took you on the trip there, you get to see the waterfalls and rainbows. So different, that's right? much That's much different. I want to go back uh, to the conversation about, about autism. Mm -hmm. so I had Asperger's syndrome mm -hmm. uh, for uh, certainly all my childhood and probably till my mid-30s, uh, maybe early 30s. I finally got mm -hmm. nutrition and brain training and body and stuff down. And your description of those kids is, is really accurate because when your sympathetic is turned on all the time, uh, and it, it's just too much information for you to pay attention to the world around you. So uh, another person who came on the show a while ago described it as, imagine if you're in a blender uh, with like a smoothie, and every now and then your face is pressed against the outside, you're like, hey, look, and then you just swirl around, and go, hey, look. So to be able to pull someone out of that state uh, and into, oh, like let's turn the blender off and just smash your face against the edge, and now you can see everything consistently, even for 10 minutes, it helps the brain filter out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that everyone is so stressed, at least almost everyone. Yeah. And I, I would agree with that. We're stressed by overuse of devices and God knows media and algorithms that are designed mm -hmm. to induce stress, yes. mm -hmm. uh, all those things. And, and so you use BrainTap. How long does a typical person use it? 
Well, you can you can use it as long as you want. I've been using it some tech, form of this technology since the eighties. I mean, like how but, long per session oh, or per this, day? Oh, yeah, the, yeah. the sessions are. Let's say you want to you want to wake up in the morning. We call these digital coffee. There's okay. 10-minute sessions. There's a brainwave called SMR, sensory motor rhythm. Yep. That's the one as we get older, atrophies. So when people are thinking about their, their balance, their distributor system, that's part of the process. So we have those in the morning. That wakes you up. We have ones in the middle of the day when our temperature drops by 2 degrees, you know, then, and everybody's rushing out to get you know, some kind of stimulant, coffee, tea, or chocolate, or whatever. Yeah, um, the electrical system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, the uh, and I'm I'm a coffee person. I like coffee too. But the, I'm messing with you. Yes, yeah, fine. <laughs> but the uh, in the process of what happens though in the middle of the day is if we could use our electrical system to up upgrade our energy, that's what that's what we show. So we have the uh, most of our programs are built for that session because in the middle of the day, imagine if you could have two mornings. Most people know they get more work done in the morning. Yeah. So if you can reclaim about eighty percent of the energy you had when you were in the morning. That's what we found in our studies has happened with BrainTap. And then at night, depending upon if, you know, if you're light sensitive, then we don't use the light, the visor, but you just use the ears, the earbuds. But we have sessions that take you and drop you off into sleep. So those are the three primary times. But really, there's no bad time. It's just you don't want to listen while you're driving or something like that because I'm asking you to relax. We do have sessions designed by Kathy Smith, who's a... She's been on your podcast before, oh, yeah. too. She's, we have our exercise physiology sessions. People listen while they're walking with SMR training. She, you know, the, she, she's like the first person ever to have an exercise <clears throat> record <clears throat> before cassette tapes, <clears throat> yep. before CDs, before MP3s, yep. and before whatever else. So, yeah, she's, she's awesome. So you went to like, like someone who's been training people for longer than anyone else on the planet uh, for home use. Okay? Yeah, that was, like we were in Park City, and we were doing demos, and she shows up, and I said, that's Kathy Smith. And they said, how do you know? I said, I watched a lot of her but, videos, even though I wasn't <laughs> exercising. And then, and then I said, and, I, and she did a pre and post with our HRV. Yeah. And she said, wow. And I said, you know, do you mind if we get an, a comment from you? She said, well, I need to come back. You know, sometimes they tell, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, she's blowing us off. She got all dude dressed up and, you know, because she didn't look like her normal Kathy Smith oh, yeah. self when she showed up at first. <laughs> and then she put it on and we got the picture and then we became really good friends. And now she's a, a real proponent of brain tap. But she Because of the I, phys- physical exercise and, and then, uh, yeah, I know she's going to be here too because I talked yeah, to her. She'll be here. The last time I saw her was also in Park City. I walked into the wine store, which is hard to do yeah. in Park, in Park <laughs> City because it's in Utah, so it's only like it's a government wine store. I walk in and, and she walks up, but like you're saying, it was just like normal Kathy, not you know made up Kathy. I was like, what, huh? So it, that's pretty cool. So you've got a, a session with her, though. Do you use the brain tap before exercise? After. You can't use it during, it's after. after. Like what okay. we did with uh, Kansas. We are in a lot of, most of the sports teams out there, professional yeah. or college, uh, have some brain tap in, in their organizations. I believe but it. With uh, Kansas City Sport, they actually put in a 20-station room that has the lymphatic drainage boots, and yep. they use brain tap at the same time. And that's where we found that the trainer that brought it in, he actually has the HRV, and he showed the 80% improvement okay. uh, after the practice. So they did a scan before the practice. Now they, they must do that before they leave the facility um, after their practice. They have to do brain tap? And, yeah, brain tap and, and their lymphatic. Okay, and their smart. Lymphatic. Not always the HRV. Okay. We don't do that every time, but that's All right. Let me explain HRV for listeners real quick. Uh, if you guys are long-time listeners, you have to just like pause for a second or you can fast forward 15 <laughs> seconds if you want. But heart rate variability is a measure of the spacing between your heartbeats. And when you have lots of changes in the spacing, the body's calm. And when it's very rhythmic and regular, the body's stressed. So you can get a signal that's relatively easy to get that tells you are you stressed or not called HRV. And so when we're talking about HRV, that's what we mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so so part of it is we wanna show 
energy, right? We, I tell people we live in an energy economy, right? When we wake up, if we can give a, a housewife or a mother or father more energy so they can play with their kids at night, that's a it's benefit. A big deal. So that's what we're doing. And, and we know that sound, vibration, and light are what our body needs besides our, the foods. We need good food. But all of that, once we have all of that, the synergy effect of our body is we have more energy. We have more ATP to heal, to recover, to enjoy life, to do the things we, we want to do with ourselves. I, I think that you're tapping into some really primordial stuff, maybe even more primordial than most people would think about. With BrainTap, when we were single-celled creatures, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you wake up in the morning and you get sunrise, right? And, and so we're very, we're light sensitive and we have been forever and 5% of the, the cells in your eyes don't even go into being seen. They go into telling the whole body what's going on right now, mm-hmm. right? And they you know, tap into the, the deep structures in the brain. And even our skin is you know, photosynthetic and it has light receptors and, and all of that. So there's that and then vibration you can look at any single-celled creature. In fact, when we're culturing them, we'll vibrate dishes and move them around. So that basic motion is a fundamental mm-hmm. sensor that's probably right after right after a pain mm-hmm. sensor, which is tied to touch, mm-hmm. right? Substance P is the original mm-hmm. pain sensor. So, oh wait, vibration and light are fundamental things that plug mm-hmm. into the brain way, way lower level than uh, almost anything else I can think of. Right, when we first, came up with this back in the 80s when I was with the group called Light and Sound Research. We were looking only at sound. But then we found out that the light receptors in the eyes you're talking about actually activate 30% of our hearing. Most people don't know that. So when they go, why do you have lights in the eyes? So you can hear it. If you've been to a lecture and you couldn't see the lecture, then you couldn't hear them. And as soon as you adjusted your sight, now you can see the lecture, now you can hear them. That's because our primitive brain, that limbic brain, is not listening to everything. Remember, it's, it, there's too much. So it says, I'm only going to listen to what I'm looking at, because that's what's most important. But if something really bizarre happens, like if we're, at, if we're downstairs having lunch and somebody says, I'm here for the upgrade lab, we might turn and look, because that triggers our reticular activating system. Th- that sounds odd to me, because I'm one of those guys where I don't sound filter very well. That's part of the whole Asperger's thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for me, I'm in a room, it doesn't matter where I'm looking, I hear everything and it, it's actually tiring. And I've gotten mm-hmm. way better. I've done auditory training and things like mm-hmm. that. With BrainTap, as you're expanding your brain's capacity and its resilience for things like mm-hmm. that, I, I could see, say in my case, which is not as unusual as people might think, mm-hmm. but um, I just, I'm consciously filtering versus what you're doing is yes. unconsciously mm-hmm. filtering. If I'm using BrainTap, and I'm increasing resilience of the brain. That means I can be in a noisy environment for a long period of time, I won't get tired because my brain just has the energy to do it, right? right? And then the other part of it though is it actually could change the, not resilience, but actually the, the capacity or the ability of the brain. And, say, and there, that's auditory filtering and all, but we've got lights and sound together. Are there effects that happen for people's perception of reality when they use brain tap regularly? Mm, I don't know exactly how that would do, but I can tell you that in our study we did with the, with a group here in Florida, we did a pilot study with women 55, 65, they were on the dementia scale, and we found that within six weeks they could they had that neuroplastic change, which is measured in energy, across, like with WAVI, not with... Yeah, with uh, voltage. Yeah. yeah, so we looked at a 49% shift in six weeks, and that maintained as long as they did three times a week a brain tap session. 49% shift in... Energy. In electricity yes. formed in the brain. Okay, so 
this is an exercise for the brain, right? Yeah. But not like the lumosity kind of exercise <laughs> right. for the brain, which is intention and effort focused. This is making the brain do stuff which makes it stronger, like going yeah. for a walk, mm -hmm. right? Like we, we, for instance, I did a whole series back in the 80s actually for ATA, which is, because I was, a, I'm a black belt of Taekwondo, so I did a whole series for them and they sold it through their organization. And we took people learning those moves Mm -hmm. because they're moving their nervous system, you have to learn those in a way that you're not consciously thinking about them. You know, when somebody comes up, you're not thinking, oh, I should do a cross block or, you know, whatever. You're right. just doing it. So we had them visualize it because our brain doesn't know the difference. But we have to be in the right physiological state. You know, if you're not relaxed, you're not, your visualization isn't going to work so well. Your ability right. to mimic uh, those mirror neurons are not going to turn on. The, the biggest difference between people who are good at sports and people who are not are that, is that mirror neuron. So, like in your case, you have super hearing. Some other people have this ability to have, they watch somebody do something, they can mimic it. You know, they yeah, just have that. Yeah, that's a good skill. Yeah. That lets you dance, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I don't have that skill. <laughs> right, or like our, our science officers speak six languages. We were traveling through India, going to university to university, giving lectures, and we're getting ready to leave, and he starts talking to Hindi to somebody. I said, Francisco, when did you learn Hindi? He says, I didn't. I just picked it up. But his brain circuit that learns languages, because he knows six languages, he just picked it up like a universal translator. So the people, brain is pretty incredible. People like that, they're like morning people. You just want to punch them, don't you? <laughs> I mean, that's just not fair. No, okay. My brother, my wife is one of those yeah. where he's like, oh, I spent a week in Japan. I, I, I almost know Japanese. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. Like, yeah, right. I can barely say sushi, I mean, and I love Japan. Right? Yeah. That's the difference I found between the European education system and the American one. Yeah. Maybe it's changing here now, but I didn't learn a language till I was in college, and I only learned it to pass. You know, I didn't. Yeah. I can. I don't know. All I know is Banyo and Cerveza. So that's yeah, I've got enough Spanish, <laughs> enough Spanish to say, "Are you wearing a green shirt?" But nothing yeah. useful, right? Yeah. <laughs> what if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD+, levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. There's something else going on. So in, in my wife's case, her, Daniel Amen, who's been on the show, mm -hmm. dear friend, probably you, you, yeah. you must be uh, friends with Daniel, at least I've yeah. met him a lot. Mm -hmm. um, he did a scan and looked at her brain and was like, hmm, your language processing center, it's like someone took a bite out of your brain right there. It was a childhood brain injury. Oh. So her brain has distributed language processing. Oh, wow. It took over as a kid. And that means she can do simultaneous translation, which only <laughs> like one in 20 million people can do, which is where you hear one language and speak another language at the same time of what you're hearing. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> now, here's the question, though, and I'm not sure you're going to like this question, okay. but, okay, she has a weird brain because of that, right? So mm -hmm. it doesn't work the way most brains do. It works better for some things and probably worse for others. Like it, but we're all right. like that. Mm -hmm. You know, my brain does some things, but don't ask me to do the other thing because right. I just suck at it. Now, 
how do you know if, okay, putting the brain tap on, like, I'm going to do whatever the program is, how do I know that's going to work for my brain versus for your brain? Well, I kind of tell people this, the difference between this and neurofeedback, just uh, to put that in perspective, is neurofeedback's like going to the gym, you get a personal trainer, of course, that's going to be more targeted to your brain, you get to focus right on that brain function. Now, what we do is we're going to take you through the circuit training. So this is like going to... Um, the gym, but you, you should already know what you're going to do. But we have a lot of professionals that recommend different things. So let's say that you're doing alpha training or mm. whatever, theta training or gamma training using neurofeedback. What you do is you do that training first, and then you do this. But most people, we know there's a book out called The, the Master Brainwave by Ann Wise. She was mm -hmm. the person that we consulted with in the early 90s. She's yeah. passed away now. She's, yeah, she's an old, yeah. uh, older yeah. author in the yeah. space, right? Yeah, and she was from San Francisco. And ba basically what she did is we, she went around the world measuring people's brains with the capacity they had at that time, which was called the mind mirror, which is nothing like what we have yeah. today. <laughs> very, prim very primitive. <laughs> yeah, it was LED screens and told people what was going on. But what she found out was every person's brain that was a high achiever, captain of industry, performance in sports, they all had the certain rhythm to their brain, about 45% beta, 30% alpha, and the rest kind of went, went down mm -hmm. like a mountain. And if that's not happening while you're awake, then you don't have the efficiency because you can't flow through these states. You want to be able to flow back and forth. So what we do is we train to that, what we call the master brainwave. So w what's nice about our brain, kind of like chiropractic is the best example is, when we know, because we've hooked people up to EG, when somebody's getting an adjustment, the brain basically lights up, puts so much energy into the brain. That's why some people like it, some people don't. Mm -hmm. If they're sensitive in their nervous system, they're gonna say, man, that chiropractor, what, what happened? But if they're like me, I wanna hear my bones cracking. Yeah. You know, like the, uh, but in the, what happens is we know it reorganizes the whole brain. Then the brain goes back to its optimal state, not the state it was in before the chiropractic adjustment, but we have a genetic code or a memory on all levels that says this is the perfect Dave Asprey, and this is how you'd operate in whatever the optimum state is. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna give the brain the opportunity. We don't stick in any one state. One thing that is really important for people to know is it's not about one state. It's not about 10 hertz frequency. It's not about 11 hertz frequency. It's not about 7.8 hertz frequency. It's about training the brain to go to all those frequencies and giving your brain the chance. What we found over time, we used to do it with galvanic skin response systems, oh, yeah. and all those <laughs> kind of things. But what we, what we noticed was everybody's brain mm -hmm. regulates back to whatever is normal for them, but not normal like when they showed up because they usually mm -hmm. showed up stressed out. I'm mean, talking about clinical now. They're, they showed up stressed out, worried, whatever. And basically once they do that, it's, it's almost like the offloaded luggage. Mm -hmm. All this stress left their body and then the brain regulates back. It doesn't change the brain in a way that says this is permanent. Okay. Like um, some people, over the years, there used to be a, a program called the Dolphin Mind yeah, and it was one that. of the very first electro, uh, cranial electoral programs. And it was really cool, you know. But what they found was it actually was damaging to the brain. That's why they, it's not on the market anymore. They have a lower voltage one, you know, and things like that, which, which is good for some things. But that causes damage. Just like magnetic resonant therapy, they have those programs. They do change the brain, but it's more, it works on a damaged approach. 
Oh, like lifting weights does. Well, it depends yeah. on the strength level and the frequency, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm. You know, some of the, the heavy-duty PEMF stuff yeah. that I'll use for muscles and joints mm. and, you know, making your neck not hurt for the first yeah. time in your life, mm. you might not want to put that right on your head and turn it to full strength because I don't think that's wise. But right. I know some people who like to do that, but that isn't my recommendation. Right. Depending upon how our nervous system, your, whoever is doing it, their nervous system is in good shape, they can handle that kind of energy. But there, we, like you were talking yeah. about the cells, we have something called the cell danger response. If one group of cells starts to feel, because let's say we're getting EMF and we can't handle that, and we're one of the 20% that gets damaged, then the cells start to shut down. Mm-hmm. And so, but if we're, if we're open to that and we know, hey, this is a safe place, safe environment, then the body can handle it. And, you know, we're always, people like yourself are always looking for ways, we know this is going to happen. We're not going to avoid electric smog, right? Yeah. But we have to have ways to combat that. And so there's different ways we can do that. So what we're doing is we're saying, your brain's going to get out of regulation. In fact, happens, we know for a yeah. fact, uh, I would challenge anybody watching this to, to tell me I'm not true because we've, we've measured thousands of brains. But even like <laughs> the most advanced meditators who live in caves, when they leave the cave, they get out of balance. That's why they live in caves. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've actually had the chance in India to measure gurus brains yeah i have to yeah. some of them are really good some of them would surprise you you know <laughs> so it's like well, how many girls had uh, that little dalliance with one of their or 20 of their followers right it's actually a very common thing right right and that's not to cast aspersions on them maybe there was some spiritual tantric thing going on i don't know <laughs> but but there are certainly times when even the most you know honored people make mistakes Right. In fact, uh, I had a, a Buddhist monk on who actually um, cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. Right. And we talked about it on the show a while back. And it's it's one of those things where um, if the people who are the top athletes of cognitive state, which I'm going to call advanced <laughs> meditators, whether it's you know any one tradition or another, I'm, I'm not yeah. you know highlighting Buddhists or Hindi mm-hmm. or anything yeah. else. Um, what what you find is is that if the top ones are having problems with that then the rest of us probably are too, right? And, and okay, maybe you're fully enlightened and you incarnated on purpose, all right, you're accepted. But so, okay. Other than that, I, I'm pretty sure this is a common thing. And your approach with BrainTap is interesting because you're saying, like, let's take the brain through the entire road, or the entire spectrum um, that's available on the roadmap of what the brain normally will do so that it can at least find those states and be comfortable in them. And the more you do it, the more it can be comfortable in them. And if you do it at the right times, after learning something or after moving, that the side effect of that is that it's, or maybe it's not a side effect, but it, it, it's at least learning yeah. uh, better because yeah. you did. Yeah, we call it okay. side benefit. The brain learns how to regulate. So what I was going to say was that everyone's brain, when they get stressed, the left hemisphere starts to slow down. Mm-hmm. That's the reasoning power you're talking about. So that's why we can make poor decisions, right? That's why people, like you're talking about, people know it's going to happen. They'll have a few drinks, so they have permission to go do the things that they wouldn't do when they weren't drinking. So they set that up. It wasn't like the drinking caused them to do it. They knew cognitively, hey, I'm going to go have a few drinks. That's going to liberate my moral code. Now I can go do these things, and I'll be shamed tomorrow. But today, in this moment, because we're all looking for, we're creatures of of passion in in the moment. You know, most people want to, even though... We all know that we run away from uh, pain and we run toward pleasure. We are driven by pleasure. 
you know, we, you know, they're in what they do is they drive us away from fear to get us to pleasure or to relief, whatever you want to, you know, want to do that. So when people think, hey, I need this release or I need this relief, I need this, and we know that, of course, sex is one of the biggest ways that people get this. That's relief. where there's a whole panel on it at the <laughs> yeah. biohacking conference. Yeah, so like, yeah, we'll bring in let's see an expert on sex, energy, tantra, and BDSM. Let's just yeah. get it all out <laughs> yes. there. So I'm with you. Okay, so, people uh, are driven towards pleasure. Yeah. Is there a, an alcohol setting on BrainTap? Yes. Yeah, we have a whole. My, my, <laughs> so I can use brain tap, and like, I'm sorry, I brain oh, tapped, so now I can go tap that. No, yeah, no, 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 nothing like that. We, my wife would really like that. Dad one. <laughs> the uh, no, what I thought you meant, we we do have programs to help people off alcohol, you know, to make better decisions. I but, so got you on that. <laughs> so, 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 but the, I mean, I, I guess you could. Uh, we, we have one called Putting Future Events into Perspective. They could use that one for that. Oh, if they that it takes away all the fun. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, so you have things to help treat addiction. And with all the personal development work that you've done over the last mm. 20 years, of course, yeah. you know, addiction is a, a part of it. Mm. So there's things that can help people get out of the stuck alcoholic brain. And alcoholic brains have electrical patterns you can identify. They have um, things that uh, Dan Amen talks about a lot. You know, there's holes in them and things. Mm. So alcohol is not good for the brain. Mm. Do you drink? I drink occasionally, yeah. What's not, occasionally not mean? Like maybe once or twice a month. Okay, so super occasionally. Not <laughs> the only once twice a week, which is what a lot of people <laughs> think. All right, and usually with my with my CEO. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, CEOs will do that to you, man. You should watch out for those guys. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, he's right off camera here and uh, <laughs> and, and, and sending daggers over here. <laughs> not really. Well, you're a black belt, and do you still regularly practice martial arts? I do uh, more Tai Chi now. Tai Chi, I okay. I don't think I'm going to be kicking people over their head at 60, but... So you went, you went more feminine, is that... Yeah, that's right, yes. My wife says I'm too, I'm not enough feminine, so I got to get, <laughs> get more of that. Actually, I had a chance to go to Wudong Mountain and train for 30 days with the monks there. So it was wow. like in a kung fu movie the whole time. It was really cool and... Uh, Incredible. So you go there and, and what I didn't realize was they, the kids they drop off there that were training, this little girl, I mean, she might have been four foot nine or something, she jumps up and kicks the basketball hoop without any warm-up. What and, the heck? And, and these these kids were just super, super athletes. They either make it as a martial artist and they train every day for eight hours or they become Taoist priest. So the, and then they have to measure, they have to memorize the Tao, which is, you know, thousands of pages. So wow. they really work out hard. So, <laughs> so they don't have to memorize. Right. In a month though, by the way, I only learned one form. So like people in America think, I've spent a month, I should have learned all seven forms. No, I learned one form. But you learned for a whole it really month. well. Yes. Yeah, that's all they do. They go, you want to come, and that was supposed to be for six months. But I, I couldn't get away for six months. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, so. Wow, Patrick, that's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. uh, you've also, though, I, I think, earned credibility because of that with some of the UFC athletes. Oh, yeah. And mm -hmm. so you've been able to use BrainTap on Corey Anderson and, and some others. What do uh, combat athletes or martial artists get from BrainTap? Well, first thing is that we call it, it's neuroprotective. So part of the studies, is if you, if you instead of waiting till you, you get a traumatic brain injury, you're always maintenancing your brain by bringing energy yeah. in the form of light, sound, and vibration. The brain can heal itself on an ongoing basis. The, the biggest problem is not the knockout punch. It's the practices leading up to the knockout punch and getting those CTEs, as they call them, mm -hmm. and the brain is not reorganizing them. So what we're finding is that we can get them to sleep better, keep their memory their focus, their concentration, um, and then also just keeping them positive, because you know they have anxiety too, even though they're brute, you know they have brute force, but they still have the stress and anxiety. So lowering that and sleeping before the fight is really important. In fact, uh, Corey Anderson talked about on ESPN 
that in his room he was doing the brain tap before he went out and fought and he was listening to one it's your time to shine which is a session mm -hmm. we have for sports and he said he visualized knocking the guy out in 49 seconds and then he knocked him out in 49 seconds so that was really good mm -hmm. when he said that on espn we got you know we could see a spike in our in our uh people going to our social media pages and looking but then the other of course once he said that other ufc fighters are hey what's going on here so we can show them after they work out it's all about recovery because they most most pro athletes they don't have a problem working out they're overdoing it actually mm -hmm. they or they're not eating correctly is one of the other things there but then they're not recovering they think oh i'm going to go have a beer to to unwind and that just destroys everything they did that day i mean if you saw a brain after two or three drinks you'd only drink a couple times a month too yeah. you know so, so, so you know if, if people don't realize what happens to their brain doing these things that's what's so cool about biohacking is we now have tools that we can say, hey, yeah. you can wear a monitor all day, right? And shows right. you, hey, I just ate the Snickers <laughs> bar. It really does hurt me. You know, you know, before you're tricking yourself saying, hey, that's the healthiest junk food bar. You know? <laughs> it, it's funny because you really aren't going to feel high blood sugar. It's, mm -hmm. it's very tough. Even with a monitor, after probably a few years, you might be able to get a little sense for it. Mm -hmm. I got to the point where I can say, you know, I'm within this range. It's not super crazy high, probably, because then you feel a bit lit up. And you know what low feels like, at least. So <laughs> you've got it. With brainwaves, I think it's a lot harder to do. And with the, let's see, I think I've spent four months with electrodes on my head at this <laughs> point with the 40 years of Zen stuff. So I can feel certain states, but most of the states that are interesting, it's not like, oh, I, I had alpha. Well, you always have alpha, right? <laughs> right? Or, you know, I had alpha on this half and this half. Yeah, that's relatively old stuff you know, the stuff we're doing now is like advanced mathematical functions i can't necessarily feel one of those except when you get it right you're like oh everything around you is very different so that's that's the thing where you're not probably going to get there right. but if you take a hit to the head and i've had a couple of those in the last you know six years um one of them you know, I, I was swearing all the time. I couldn't play even go fish. Like, my working memory was shot. I had a little bleeding in the brain. Uh, I sent angry emails to Tim Ferriss for something he didn't do. Uh, sorry, Tim. Uh, I, uh, and I, I actually, once I was healed, I, I sent him a note. I'm like, Tim, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know what's going on. He was very gracious about it, to his credit. And then I, uh, I mean, I, I looked at suing someone who didn't need suing. I mean, like, I was kind of out of my mind, right? But I didn't know it. Right. And, and that's it's a long lead up to my question for you, which is when you're working with these athletes, you're able to precondition their brain so it's less likely to have that kind of a response when they take a hit, or do you do it after they take a hit so they recover faster? We do both. Okay. Because you have to do you have to be preemptive because okay. they know they're going to get hit. Right. It's not like uh, we're doing this also with with different people with snowboarding and different athletes like with skiing because they're going to fall down all the time too. Yeah. So any sport that has to do with or football, for instance, the the brain needs to be maintenance. Okay. And if if not, when you have a brain injury, what what happened with you happens to a lot of people is that this your brain will go into a high delta mode, and that means that it wants to reboot because you have a lot of inflammation, a lot of damage. So the brain's saying, hey. You need to just go to sleep and let me take care of this, but we don't want to do that. We want to get up and move and, and have our life. And so, you know, once that happens, used to be they put you in a dark room and you not yeah. any noise. And yeah. that's probably the worst thing because then the brain starts thinking this is normal. We mm -hmm. need to get the brain back to normalcy. And that normalcy is, again, that 45% beta, 30% alpha. I can't imagine. I mean, how light sensitive I was. If I saw, so full disclosure, I took that brain injury at Burning Man. 
Uh, <laughs> and there's lots of blinky lights at Burning Man. <laughs> and within like 10 minutes of it, I'm like, I'll cover my eyes because I can't see anything blinky. And actually put on the, the darkest of the true dark glasses that cut out a lot of the spectrums. And then I can have my eyes open. And a lot of people with migraines and all will do the same thing just to turn down. It's like noise-canceling headphones for your eyes for a little while. Um, I can't imagine, though, putting the the brain tap on right then because I guess I would have waited, waited a couple days. This was designed for headaches, actually, back in, the, back in the 80s. When the brain is in sync, <clears throat> you don't see the lights at all. Wow. It's like the, like the black lines on a film that you, okay. you edit out. Right. The brain will actually edit that information out because the, it's not really using the light receptors of our eyes. It's using cranial nerve two. It's basically mm. saying, hey, there's something going on over here. There's something going on over here. And it's not really the way we see. It's, it's more about if we were in a cave, let's say, yeah. and, and something, a light came in, we'd wake up. But we're activating different regions of the brain. And, so, and, and your eyes are closed with your eyes are, to, to your be eyes really are, clear. Eyes so it clear. isn't seeing, it's just light, dark, light, dark. And right. if somebody were to get these and they had a traumatic brain injury, we don't recommend using the lights for 30 days after okay, the traumatic that, brain injury. Okay, that makes sense, but use <laughs> yeah. the sounds. Let's yeah. talk about sounds. Mm-hmm. I started using uh, sounds for hacking my brain in the very, geez, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I guess, a long time ago now. <laughs> and you know, there were a couple companies who, who did that. There was uh, the Monroe Institute, uh, which is the preeminent one who did the, a lot of the work. And then um, probably even more successful was Centerpoint uh, with, uh, with Bill Harris, who passed away. He's been on the show. He was a dear friend. I dedicated one of my books to him. So th- these were two of the pioneers in the very first generation of sound therapy. So mm-hmm. I learned about binaural beats and actually made my own. I'm like, I should be able to do this. So I got to, mm-hmm. like... Now I'm dating myself again. Sometime in like Windows 4 or something, Windows 98, uh, some sort of an app that it was a video game uh, sound effects thing. I'm like, yeah. oh, I could do this. Yeah. So I'd you know, make my little binaural beats and I'd, I'd actually go use my own files to hack my brain. Uh, but it didn't work as well as all <laughs> these other things that were done by people who knew a lot more than I did. And what I learned about is um, kind of two technologies I want to explain that I want you to go into what you're doing. Um, the original sound entrainment is called drumming. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. monaural beats. <laughs> yes. It's one. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's true. If you beat at a certain thing, and I've done work with a, a Siberian lineage shaman who you know, pulled out his drum and beat at a certain frequency, and then within 20 seconds maybe of doing that, he just literally dropped to the floor. Like, like that frequency leaves his body, hits the floor, starts snoring, and goes to the underworld and does the shamanic stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the power of one yeah. to a brain who can do that. And then the next one would be Tibetan singing bowls. Like mm-hmm. one bowl on this side, one bowl on this side, and all of a sudden you hear a woo, 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 and your brain does something. <laughs> yeah. So these are not new yeah, technologies. Right. But you've taken it a few steps past that. Can you explain yeah. isochronic and phantom and all the stuff sure, you're doing? Sure. So what we're well, what I tell people is we take ancient traditions and make modern technology. So I don't think there's anything new under the sun. People just figure out how to, like we did, we, we made it commercially available that people aren't getting it. So I'm, I'm a big believer in shamanistic drumming and things like that. So what we looked at was what's happening, The iso- that's like more like an isochronic tone. So if we look at the Earth, for instance, mm-hmm. if you and I were on a spaceship moving toward Earth, the Earth would have a frequency between 0.01 and 100. Some people would say up to 400 because they've had brain brain states up to 400. When you say the Earth frequency, you're, you're talking about like I'm human just saying, or? I'm, I'm talking about the, we're by a volcano would be about 100. What would the, be the Hertz frequency? Hertz so frequency we could, of what? We could, the planet right like, there. Like 
If you're standing there, like you're But is that a magnetic or an electrical? It's like, electrical. Electro okay. Electromagnetic. Electromagnetic, so, so got it. So the planet has a frequency. Yeah. So everything is frequency, right? Okay. This table has a frequency. This mic has a frequency. So when, when we're, so when we're, let's say we're standing in a, when you're talking about the cave, mm -hmm. for instance, we're inside the cave, that's 7.8 hertz frequency because the mountaintop, that's what most people call the earth frequency, right? That's theta. So our brain actually is always syncing to its environment. That's why if it's chaotic, in your case mm -hmm. with all the sounds, that's causing some disruption. So you have to filter it out. You have to learn how to do that. Most people just do that normally. They tune out, right? But it, our brain's always engaged. So if we're by the ocean, it's 10 hertz frequency. So we're looking at that. How does that happen? So if we put on earphones and eyeglasses, we're actually filtering out the reality that we're in. We're creating another reality, which is our internal reality. And so we can't have both. We are either, that's why when you're in, in class and you daydream, you don't hear the teacher. You're, you're, you're basically playing ball in the yard instead of listening to the teacher. So we're going to take them away from this external world and we're going to put them into a synthetic world where we're going to stimulate them with sound. So we live in a synchronizing universe. All people have to do is go to YouTube and put in synchronizing metronomes. There's a mm -hmm. guy who starts 200 metronomes and they sync. So our brain wants to be in sync. Our body wants to be in harmony. In, but other things drag it out of there. So we use a sound. So binaural beats, in general, we're going to put a frequency in one ear like the singing bowls. They're going to have different size singing bowls maybe. Whatever yeah. the difference is, the brain actually makes a phantom sound. That phantom sound, what we found out in the 80s, and it was actually not until 92 when they had the neuro uh, techniques or the neuro equipment that we could actually measure what was happening. Because we couldn't measure brainwaves <laughs> right. very well before that, no. right? Before that, we were using mostly respiration, heart rate, and things like that, but not HRV even. It was, yeah. it was, it was different than that. It's pretty brutal. In, in the, uh, but <clears throat> once we started being able to measure the brain, we could track how the brain changes. We know that every three to five seconds, we need to make a change or an interrupt to the pattern. If not, the brain will go bye-bye. It's, it's like advertising. They know they can only hold your attention for so long. The brain only has so much. So if you have a, let's say you have a fully functioning, both ears work perfectly, isochronic tones can work really well for you. And by the way, our first, our first program that we did was called the MC Square. We actually licensed the Moreau Institute's uh, binaurals. So you got their sounds because <laughs> yes. they were the most tested yeah. on the planet. Yes. Okay, very cool. And, and, and we, I actually had property in Chipman, Virginia, just three doors down from them. So they I never knew got them. To and, go. Are they and, still? I don't think. Yeah, they're, they're still there. Yeah. Oh. It was always my dream in the 90s to do that, and I never did. I ended up going down you know, a different path. But yeah. what, what they had done, um, and, and guys, this is like the ancient history of brain hacking, right? Um, it was change the sounds based on what your, uh, what your brain waves were doing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think things have evolved a lot in the last 30 years or, yeah. or 25 years or so. Uh, but it was the first group to do something like that. And the learning that came out of that was the impact of the sounds on the brain. Mm. So then you don't have to go anywhere, you get the sounds, and you guys actually license those sounds yeah. in BrainTap so that you can use those to tune where the brain goes. And then you layer in the vibration and then the lights even on the, the uh, acupuncture meridians on the ears. So then you're stacking yeah. the lights up yeah. with the binaural beads. So what's happening in the right ear with okay. sound is happening in the left mm. eye with light. So oh, we're doing binaurals with light. Very that's cool. Wh that's why when your brain doesn't see them, it's because they're in sync. Just like your brain doesn't hear either a sound in the ears. Now, mm -hmm. what we did was we found out, it happened to me, I, uh, like you were traveling a lot, I had uh, my eardrum busted on the yeah. flight. And so I had to get it repaired. And then now I have 20% less hearing there. And I found out that I wasn't tracking to the binaurals. 
But if I could layer in the isochronic tone that matched it, now my brain could make up that difference. Yeah, it'll so fill it e- in. And both of them work really good separately. But when you stack them, it's like we're giving the brain another piece of information that is healthy. And to give you an example, we did a study in Provo, Utah, with uh, it's an amino acid for the brain. It's an addiction center. Mm-hmm. And they actually were measuring through urine analysis how much nutrients the people were actually uh, using and not using. Wow. And they found 30% more absorption into the body if they were doing brain tap rather than watching their phone while they were getting this IV treatment. Wow. So when the body's in this relaxed state, so if we can get the body into the relaxed state, now the body can do what it does better. And that happened because we were synchronizing the brain. And most of the people in that study used only the earbuds because they didn't know they were photosensitive or whatever was going on. It's kind of cool because you guys have an app as well that Mm -hmm. uses just sounds, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that alone is profoundly strong stuff Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. a long history of of use and understanding and science behind it. And so I I like the idea of, all right, you know, if you've never experienced a state, use the sounds to get there and say, oh, can I go deeper and faster? And then you end up getting the full, what do you call it, a headset? I guess yep. it's an eyeset, headset? What's it, like we call it a headset. It used to be called a visor. Some people call it a visor, but we call it a headset because cool. it's connected. It's got kind of both. Yeah. It. Mm-hmm. And you can wear it. It's kind of cool. You can wear it so the headset or the visor isn't in front of your eyes, so then it's basically a set of the headphones. The de- default setting is no light. So when people listen at night and they just want to <laughs> black out the light and go and get to sleep at their room or if they're in a place that's not dark, yep. uh, they can just... Uh, put the visor down and it won't flash. You know, okay. you have to click the button to get it to flash. And it has five different settings. Yeah. And most people will contact us and say, how do I get more light? Because once the brain learns how to run energy, it's all about energy. So if we can run yeah. energy, and that's where the ear lights come in, because we can show the meridians and how the body recharges through the meridians of the body. But when you're doing it with sound, the body's already used to doing it. So now right. we're more adaptive to sound than we are light. And then, but light kind of amplifies it where there's a lot of great studies. We do a lot with light other than this as well to show how it works with the brain. We talked about this in one of the other conversations we had. We need to get light into the brain as quickly as possible so that it can heal. The body knows how to heal, but if it doesn't have light, like, like uh, Dr. Cousins said, it's the most underprescribed nutrient on earth. So we need to get it into the brain. So that's why the eyes and the ears, but the sound sets it up. Um, okay. just, doing the, just doing the light alone. We have some people that do the, for some reason, they do just the visor lights without any, without the uh, ears, uh, without hearing it. And right. it, I don't know how that works so well, because we've never done any, because I, I, I wouldn't imagine that you'd, you'd get the same brainwave entrainment, but you know, maybe I, you are. I have purchased through the course of my life, uh, even when I really couldn't afford it, pretty much every one of the technologies that I could find <clears throat> around that sort of stuff. And I've had light sound goggles. In fact, I have some from the 80s. God knows me, it was from, <laughs> it might have been from your company, right? Yeah. Um, like some collector ones or, mm-hmm. or, you know, that could be in a museum. Uh, and generally my experience has been, even with different colors and patterns and all the different things that have happened, light by itself blinking in the eyes is good for trippy visuals. Oh, yeah. But I don't know that it's going deep in the brain. But when you add in the sounds, um, especially really well-formulated ones like, like here's it's, it's a, much, a much deeper experience. Okay, mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. You also, though, you have, what, 100-plus programs in 12 languages? Mm-hmm. Uh, and are you reading in all of those languages? No, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm, I'm only, they're using my scripts. We have over 1,000 word sessions because okay. 
we now know you can change 2,300 gene expressions mm -hmm. through the words we use or the uh, like the foods we. No, you we, can't. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? I shut up yep. half your genes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of the weasel words. Yeah. Well, like even when, when I was doing the research about the biophotons, they're educating our body yeah. to change every 40 seconds at the DNA level. So if we give energy, now we can change appropriately. If we're not, we're changing more, we're, we're aging, in other words, instead of staying youthful and young. Because there are a lot of science shows that if we can keep our ATP production up, our energy up, and we can detox, and we can you know provide our body with the right nutrients, the potential to live a lot longer than 70 years is 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 to our advantage. You said something a little while ago about that <clears throat> ability to absorb nutrients in the rest and relaxed state, and it makes so much sense. If the body's in a fight or flight state, it's like, why would I bother absorbing nutrients right now? I'm going to either kill something that I can eat or kill something that's trying to kill me. So it doesn't. Right. It's, it's inappropriate to be absorbing nutrients when all systems are pointed externally, right? Mm -hmm. So. I've seen other research where people do forgiveness, uh, which is a core part of the work that I do, which changes your brain state radically, uh, as well as almost anything that puts you in parasympathetic, where not only can they absorb nutrients better, they can also dump toxins much better. Right. So, so do you think people should take charcoal or glutathione or something before or after a brain tap session? Well, I do. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, anything you can do, that's why we call it the first wave of wellness. You have to... I mean, it started in 1890 with Dr. Kellogg, and now what you're doing and following it, you know, yeah. so he's the first one to do travel medicine, not like the Wellsville movie, you know. Yeah. The, the, I grew up in that town, so I know the real deal. I mean, he had the first health food store in the world was in our hometown. Yeah. You, like I said, you can't outthink a bad diet. So it, It's it, kind of embarrassing, though. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if, if that's where really where it all started, I might not all entirely agree with you there, because... He did talk about health food, but Kellogg's primary motivation was to reduce male sexual desire oh. because that was the root of all evil. So he literally <laughs> invented testosterone-lowering foods, oh. which yeah. was well, he's Seventh Day Adventist, so yeah. he's gonna. He's, that was his. Everybody has their own little uh, yeah idiosyncrasies. When I went to that, when I'd go to the hospital in Michigan, though, I would go there because they had healthy foods in the hospital. Now, oh, compared unhealthy to foods. anywhere else, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, so I mean I think that the there's always you got to look at the political agendas of people you know back then of course that was the the demon oh, the of demon. course it it was and <laughs> so between graham crackers and you know uh, cornflakes that was pretty much like uh, great let's you know well that was his brother you know yeah. not him he was the oh. he was the he was the Do medical these doctor guys mixed up yeah oh, his brother his brother was the ah, one thank you see yeah. I've been corrected yeah. now so doctor doctor Kellogg was. Uh, might not agree with some of his foods now because of the science, well, but yeah, he would do we've learned a few basically things. warm cereals was his secret, and mm -hmm. eating healthy, eating a healthy diet, um, minimal amounts of meat, but good meat, you know, not. But they're they're mostly Seventh Seventh Day Adventists sure. are mostly vegetarian, vegetarian, yeah. and, and, and so you can pull off vegetarian if you eat enough eggs and cheese and you tolerate those pretty well just to get the fats right. Mm -hmm. So and compared to what a lot of people were eating back then, I think they were doing better, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. spoiled whatever. So mm -hmm. okay. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad we separated out. There were two Kelloggs. I only yeah. knew about one yeah, of the them. the brother took his name. It's like, so if you, uh -huh. had, a, if you had a Hank Asprey, and yeah. he, st he went out and started selling something based on your name. That's what. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I know how that feels. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, very helpful. So this was the beginning of the, the health movement, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, going back to 1890. This is, this is where biohacking has gone. So we... Went through our 1970s low-fat phase, maybe a little bit of the 80s when there's Susan Powder. Stop <laughs> the insanity of having enough fat to make cell membranes. 
and, and all that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got into all the really heavily processed stuff in the 90s, and then we started waking up and saying, oh, you know, less processing, etc. So we, we've had these arcs and these things that come and go. Mm-hmm. By the way, yoga and, you know, lots of sex was the 70s, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, right. lots of pot probably in the 70s and the 60s, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now it seems like the pot and psychedelics are coming back. So we have these waves, you know, every 20, 30, 40 years. And you've been right. around long enough, and you've also studied the history of our field here. Right. I feel like biohacking's job is to bring a lot of this together. Right. Because I'm not sure light, sound, and neuroscience would have really hung out with the hippies in the 70s, <laughs> right? Right. right. Um, they would have been trying to put them in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, are you hopeful? I mean, do you, do you see, uh, over the course of your career, a positive direction for all this stuff? Oh, yeah. I, I think that... If, if we could get the politicians out of the way and let people control their own health, I think when you're healthy and you have energy, you basically, it's, you're like a light bulb in the middle of the room that's 100 watt. Yeah. Everybody else is a 25 watt light bulb. They're not going to shine brighter than you. So I think They're going to attune to you is yeah. what they're going to mm-hmm. do. So that's why the more powerful you are, the better of a person you have to be. Because <laughs> otherwise right. you kind of spread There's darkness. actually research. I don't know if you've yeah. seen it. Recent research, they can actually have the, bio, the photaic discharge from the heart now. Mm-hmm. They, they measure it. Somebody who's in gratitude and forgiveness, 200 times more light than people who are in fear and anxiety. So we've got to be in the light. We've got to be the ones that are showing. I mean, nobody wants to follow somebody that's not practicing what they preach anymore. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it just shows up everywhere. So, you know, you have to have that full that that full commitment to your health, not not a part time commitment. It will definitely uh, it'll definitely show up. And I, I don't know all the mechanisms of entrainment, but we know heart rate variability is there. Mm-hmm. So the person with the the highest amplitude, the strongest heart rate variability, mm-hmm. tends to change uh, the other people in the room. And it's funny we're here at the biohacking conference. I'm for the first time since the first conference. I'm emceeing my own conference, which everyone told me not to do, <laughs> uh, right? Because it's a huge amount of work to be mm-hmm. the MC and to introduce every speaker and all. Uh, but I just I've missed having the conference for the last uh, you know, year and a half or so because of all the pandemic, government cancellation stuff. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to be on stage. So for me. Uh, and I'm getting as much time with the audience and our community as possible. So for me, though, that means before I go on stage, uh, I will be doing exercises that raise my heart rate variability, and I will be doing everything I can to be in that state so that I, so that the audience will resonate with each other and with me, and we'll be in the right state. Mm-hmm. And it's they don't teach you that in speaker school, no. <laughs> but there's another guy who who understands that really well. Um, Tony Robbins can pull that off, you know, with an orders of magnitude greater mm-hmm. than what I'm talking about. Um, but backstage with Tony, he has uh, he has his uh, you know energy workers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Dr. Barry Morgulon, who's been on the show. Dr. Barry's speaking at the conference. Uh, energy for success is um, is what he does, and you know I I do his exercises. So I'll be back. He'll probably be standing next to me, telling me you know how to move my arms or something before I go on stage, and um, even with brain tap, you know use the brain tap ahead of time that morning. And the idea there is, I don't want to do a heavy-duty exercise session, but you want to be one so that you're in a parasympathetic, relaxed state. So you walk out on stage and you're fight or flight. Okay, people are going to feel that and they go, "Oh, this guy is nervous. He's anxious." Mm-hmm. But if I can use it to get me into a state that's more relaxed, you walk out on stage. There's dopey, chill, you know, Scooby-Doo snack time. <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. But someone who is relaxed and high energy. Is a very different thing. So my job, and it's the hard thing, it's why I care about all this tech, it's why I'm interested in these things, 
is to be able to show up that way and then hold it for 12 hours. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, John Amaral will be there as, as well speaking at the conference. He's another guy who's oftentimes back there with Tony. So mm -hmm. I, I learned that from Tony, um, how you know he has people who help him and technologies and all that stuff. So it's, it's fascinating. And I think BrainTap, you have such a pedigree like the, the technology itself has a lineage, mm -hmm. right? And you've done the work both as a martial artist, as a brain scientist, uh, personal development work to be able to put together cool tech like this. So it's, it's cool. And because there's an, an unwritten rule <laughs> that if you come on and you make something cool, you got to give our listeners a discount. So it's braintap.com slash Dave, and you've got a discount for listeners who want to check it out. Because mm -hmm. I'm just going to tell you, there's lots of ways to change your brain. And if you want the free one, try fasting. You don't have to buy breakfast, okay? <laughs> There's breathing. You do that every day, right? There's meditating after you, you know, with a YouTube video that's free. Okay. Everything that you intentionally and purposefully choose to do can work. Some things work faster and some things go deeper. And you could spend the rest of your time on earth meditating and doing personal development things. And you'll get this far. If and, and my my challenge for you would be this: hurry, meditate faster, because the world needs you to show up. So you should use technology like BrainTap in order to say, "How do I tap into?" So I did there. Mm -hmm. uh, how do I tap into that mm -hmm. state uh, so I can get there faster? Because if you can get the increases in performance and increases in calmness and energy sooner, they pay dividends. So if you get there this week instead of next year, the rest of this year is going to be better, and you'll do other stuff that matters. You even know what you're going to do. That's why biohacking matters, and that's why I'm really excited that you could come in and we could have an in-person interview. So thank you, Patrick. Well, thank you for having me. It's great being here. Look forward to the conference. It's going to be great. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.